ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Words on the Edge. I'm your host, Mackenzie DeMello. Today, we have a very special guest here with you. We have the clown in town, local celebrity, and host of the podcast, Grundle Stevens. Who, Who is, is Grundle, Grundle Stevens? Stevens? The Mr. Nick Stewart. That was so grand, and I deserve none of it. But thank you. It, that touched me right in my soul. I was hoping it would. Yeah. I had one for Patrick. It was... Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what that one was. Oh, it was uh, the man, the myth, the monster, yeah, good. <laughs> Mr. Patrick Moran. That's good. But sadly, he will not be joining us um, this uh, cold afternoon. Indeed, indeed. All right. So, uh, what are what are we discussing here today? What's going today on today? Here we are talking about the wonderful John Knowles book, a separate piece. Mm. Wonderful is a bit of an overstatement. I I'm not a huge fan of it so far. Mm. It's it's a little odd to me. From what I remember, I read it uh, a couple of years ago, uh, briefly. Um, I remember I loved the first four chapters because I loved the character of Finny, but then Finny uh, got depressed, mm. and the book got depressing, so I no longer liked it. That's what I remember. That's fair. Yeah. Reading it now, the reason I dislike it is I feel like the story is sometimes secondary to, like, having these motifs Mm -hmm. and meanings in it. I feel like it's, like, the high school equivalent of, like, a child's Learn Your Colors books. Sure. Like, it has a story, but that's not what it's there for. Mm -hmm. It's a form over function. It's beautiful prose, but it doesn't contribute. It contributes... I wanted to say... I don't want to say it doesn't contribute as much, but, like, it has Mm -hmm. this beautiful prose... That doesn't always help the plot along. Yeah, I understand. Like the plot saying. is there to to have all these things in it, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily. This was a story written, and it happens to have all these things right. in it. It was. I have all these things, and maybe a story. Mm-hmm. Let's put them together. I think that's a very astute observation. Um, so you wanted to focus around themes, did you say? We are. We are talking about some themes and some Excellent. motifs. All right. Uh, in particular, we are talking about the seasons. Okay. Uh, the motif sure. of seasons across this novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we will first go to summer. Summer. Summer is the main season of the first five chapters of this book, mm-hmm. which is what we're talking about. Right. Um, obviously... Uh, the brunt of these chapters takes place in the summer session mm-hmm. of uh, these the school year at this boarding school. Right. Uh, Jean and Phineas enjoying their uh, off time during the summer. Yeah, their freedom. So, yeah. Because um, you're, you're not jumping into rivers in the, the dead of winter. No, no. Well, you know, you could. You can. But I wouldn't advise it. It's not recommended. No. Um, all right, so summertime. It is some interesting stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, it's somewhat important to them, too, because they mention, they create the, the f- club, they create the, the society, right. and they call it the Super Suicide Society of the Summer Session. That's so many S's. It is quite a few S's. It's alliteration right there. It might be summer just for the S's, but it could also yeah. be summer because that's important to them. Yeah, well, I think... What age are they in the book? I forget. They're like, they're like teens. They're like, oh, they're 17 because they're, they're 17. about to be, or I think they're 16 because they're going to turn 17 and they use the excuse that what if the draft age is lowered to 17? Right. 
So they're like, oh, if we turn 17 and then the draft age is lowered, we'll have to go to war. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because well, this is in the midst of World War II. That's right, an important right. That's note. an important note. Yeah. <laughs> the setting of the book is in World War II. I think the summertime, it's, I think in a lot of literature, summertime is used as a motif of, not a motif, but it's used to connote freedom. Yeah. Especially when it comes to the youth, because when you get older, summertime, it's just a change in seasons. You still have to go to work. Mm-hmm. Nothing really changes except the weather. Yeah. Whereas when you're a kid, your whole paradigm changes. Oh, yeah. During the summer. Like, summer, summer is something, like, you can't even think mm-hmm. about the, the difference between summer and school time. Right. It's, like, not even, like, oh, I have school and don't have school. It's, like... It's school time and the summertime. And the summertime, yeah. Which I think is, 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 they make the difference very clear in the book mm-hmm. um, between the freedom that the, the boys experience during the summer and the happy times are cut off pretty abruptly by the start yeah. of the school year. Um, and you can see that that change between freedom and, you know, they still have freedom. They go to a boarding school, but they're allowed to, like, go out and do things. But it's definitely mm-hmm. a switch into a more serious mode yeah. that they switch into. Well, and you can see it, like, even though they're in the summer session of school during that time, mm-hmm. they still have that freedom, and, like, the shift of the mood of the story with, like, Phineas and his broken leg happens right. at the end of that summer session and the beginning of the actual school section. Right, yeah. Um, that's, like, again... That switch between the happiness of the summer mm-hmm. and the melancholy feeling that the beginning of the school year gives mm-hmm. with the breaking of Finney's leg mm. sort of cementing that idea. Yeah. The other interesting thing about it happening, like the switch of the summer to fall, which is our next topic that mm-hmm. we'll get into shortly, mm-hmm. um, that switch coinciding with the breaking of Phineas's leg is a common meaning of summer across literature is like the prime of one's life, mm-hmm. like important things happen in the summer, that's the prime time. So you can see, like, the prime time for Phineas in this novel mm. is that summertime, sure. and that prime ends as it transitions into the fall, the dreariness of yeah. the new school year, and the dreariness of fall, usually in literature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting point to make in terms of, like, summertime is this time in literature often. I mean, there are obviously exceptions to this, but um, mm-hmm. a time in literature of freedom and happiness, and like you said, the prime, it's, when you are a kid, it's the prime time. That's oh, it, what you look forward to the whole rest of the year. I still can't wait for summer. Seriously. <laughs> it's the dead of fall, and yeah. <laughs> can't wait. I mean, I'm living for it. Um, but yeah, it's, that's a very interesting point to make. I will say, just personally, I've read all through the whole book, I've read mm-hmm. the book, I'm going to try real hard not to spoil things. That's okay. Real hard. Uh, so we were talking about summer, um, we were. and how it, it symbolizes the prime time of Finney's life and mm-hmm. of life in general. Cause like, so, it's also know. the prime time for, for Jean too. Mm-hmm. Cause like, that's the prime of their friendship. Yeah. Like, cause that, cause Jean is jealous or like yes. angered by Phineas. He thinks Phineas has, has disrupted his studies mm-hmm. and takes vengeful action, shaking right. the branch, breaking his leg. Right. Um, so like, it's the prime of their friendship mm-hmm. too. Before that, they, they sow that seed of discord with the broken leg. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's almost like, it reminded me of that phrase that you always hear old people use, <laughs> of the good old days. Yeah. You always look back on the good old days and it's summertime. 
you know? You yeah. Look back, oh, the good old days we used to run around the yard and do all those things. Go get your milkshakes for five cents exactly. that summer. <laughs> exactly. Get a whole meal for ten cents. Go buy a car for 500 bucks. Those were the good old days. And you can even... You can even see that in the book because it's it's told in flashbacks, isn't it? Uh, like yes, older... we'll get that into the fall, but uh, okay, the cool. very beginning of the book is um, the main character, Gene, revisiting yeah. uh, Devin's school mm-hmm. uh, in the fall and then flashing back to the good old days right. uh, 15 years ago in that summer. Mm-hmm. And so, that particular summer as well. Yeah, the good old days of that summertime. Um, yeah, I think that's all... Very good. I like mm-hmm. it a lot. I do too. Okay. Some good stuff. Yeah. Should be, and uh, speaking of uh, transitions between summer and fall, now we too can sorry. transition between summer oh, and fall. Dude, that was masterfully done. Fall is the first season mm-hmm. depicted in this book. And it's the uh, one of the first things you realize about it. Um, it is Jean... 15 years after the rest of the events right. depicted in the book, mm-hmm. uh, returning to his Devon school, um, looking around late November, uh, probably, uh, probably about the time it is now, yeah. cold and dreary, yeah. like in New Hampshire. He, he's reminiscing. He is. Yeah. He walks around sort of. some, some stairs. Oh, mm-hmm. He talks about everything is so perfectly preserved That's as a right. varnish. Um, and then he goes over to the big tree that they jump yeah, off the fateful tree the fateful tree um it's it's interesting because fall i think it, it has it's almost like fall has two different uh identities in literature there's the fall mm-hmm. that is like the impending winter yeah where like it's everything's melancholy and it's the impending not doom doom isn't the right <laughs> word but the impending coldness of winter but mm-hmm. then there's also fall you see which is more like you know, going apple picking and sitting around the fire. It's a cheery time. Yeah, like a warm yeah. time. You have, like, the... You you almost have the two in parallel because it's, like, maintaining that warm and cheer from summer, mm-hmm. but also that somewhat foreboding of yeah. the winter. So you have that, like, your Thanksgiving cheer, warm, cuddle up mm-hmm. with your families, some nice autumn walks. But you also have, like, classically, like, got to store up your food for the winter, got to prepare this impending thing. You can see that in the book as well, Mm because it's it's fall when he's reminiscing, and it's very much that negative fall of the cold, blustery days. But then he's reminiscing about the summertime, and it's it's that happiness. So you get the contrast of happiness with the cold in the book as well, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. And, like, the, the part about the, the darker side of fall in literature, the impending doom, or the, the impending doom, I'm going to keep it like that, um, of winter, yeah. like, it does have that feeling of foreboding. And, like, when you're reading the first chapter of the book, you do feel that foreboding mm-hmm. of, like, something, something's, something's right. up. Yeah, something's not quite the way it should be. Not, something's yeah. not quite the way it was. Um, yeah, like, like we said, the good old days, like something, it, it, you get the feeling that something's missing. Yeah. And there's, he's like almost mourning. Yeah, that, that too, because like coming up to the, the death of winter, more, almost mourning that like loss of those days. Mm-hmm. The loss of innocence, sort mm-hmm. of. The, like those innocent days when they were just jumping off of tree branches were kind of, they were ended. When he, yeah. when he stomped on the tree branch and knocked Finney off. Yeah, um, which is actually the second 
time Fall comes up in those first five chapters Mm -hmm. is after Jean breaks Finney's leg, they part because Finney has to be taken care of. Right. Um, Jean continues the rest of school, and then the next chapter, chapter five, takes place the beginning of the school year in fall. Jean going to visit visit Finney Mm -hmm. uh, with his broken leg in that fall, that same something is not the way it was before. Yep. The, as the, the beginning. Yeah, that sense that you get it a little bit, but it's hard to, you don't know what it is because you haven't read the book, obviously, yeah. <laughs> in that first bit, but it's very much fleshed out, that feeling of, like, there was, the halcyon days of our youth are gone, you know? Mm-hmm. It was fantastic while it was happening, but now it's done. Yeah. And now it's school, and now it's fall, and now it's cold and mm-hmm. things are not good anymore. Yeah, it's the the good has passed and we are now changing to mm-hmm. something new. Yeah. It's very much like fall is always thought of like even just like in culture as like the transition time. Mm-hmm. Like fall, yeah. If you were to define fall, probably the first thing you'd say is between summer and spring. Summer so like, and winter, yeah. Summer and winter. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. No, but you, it's a really good point. It's fall and spring while and you know they are seasons in their own right, but they are very much transition times, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, their transition time of fall is like, it's the transition of, you know, obviously these are subjective things we're talking about and not everyone's mm-hmm. going to have the same opinions on seasons, but generally <laughs> in the book and from my experience, the good of summer into the bad of winter. And yeah. it's that melancholy time reminiscing about the days past, anticipating the days in the future. Yeah. And, like, it's it's the same in the book. It's very much setting up, like, this is only the first five chapters of the book, that fall very much sets up transitioning into mm-hmm. some new, something new in the book. And, like, when we were talking about the relationship between Gene and Finney, something new is in their relationship. Right. Like, they were best buddies, mm-hmm. and something happened, the, or Gene breaking Phineas's leg right. happened, and they are now changing into a new perception of each other. Yeah. A new relationship between the two. Yeah. The relationships, it's, it's that everything that was perfect. Out. Everything was perfect in the summer between them. Mm-hmm. They were best friends. They didn't have school to worry about. They were just playing. And then when it fades into fall, it's, it's almost like the tension. That's what it was. I was going to say the tension that we feel as people right before winter because we know it's about to get freezing. Mm-hmm. And the tension between Gene and Phineas because there's now the tree incident and all these different things ramping up and Gene, you know, pushing Finny away to focus on his schoolwork. This ramping up of tension in their relationship mm-hmm. is very, uh, it happens during the fall and sort of climaxes during the winter. Yeah. And the other interesting thing that I just thought of, like the parallel, because fall, you can also usually think of like, ye olde farmers mm-hmm. like they grow all their crops in the summer and harvest and store up in the fall right. to survive in the winter mm-hmm. and like thinking of that parallel of like with their relationship they're having this kind of joyous relationship like innocent relationship mm-hmm. but then in fall the reason for uh Jean's betrayal of Phineas right. in a sense is Jean feels that Phineas has been uh, sabotaging him in school. And so Gene, like in the book, it talks about how Gene thinks that everything Phineas has done up until that point, all of their friendship has been a calculated 
cold thing to lead up to mm-hmm. ruining Gene in school. And, like, I think it it speaks of, like, in farm, like, yeah, you're just growing your crops, but as soon as you get to fall, you're like, oh, I need to grow these crops so I can do this in the mm-hmm. winter to store them up. So I was just, like, okay. thinking of that change of perception mm-hmm. and then thinking about the past in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like, fall, rather than thinking of the summer as, oh, yeah, some good times during it, then thinking of, that was the time we grew our food for mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So, like, thinking of it in that retroactive way. Yeah. And I think also um, what you said about their relationship, Gene pushing Phineas away and, like, you know, the winter being this cold time. I think it's interesting to note that... Um, I was going to say something again. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, well, you inspired me. Yeah, okay, Because, like, winter, winter is often kind of an isolated time. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone goes home and bundles up in their own home. Exactly. Like, you're... It's not a very communitative time. Of no. course, there's Christmas, but... Of course. We, as a season, it's not a very communitative time. Yeah. And so... That transition parallels Gene and Phineas mm-hmm. of like them becoming more isolated, yeah, like, and more independent of each other, no longer being with each other, yeah, just in yeah, general. Yeah. And like the tension between them, it's it sets them apart. Gene's this almost petty need to see Phineas as something other than perfect, because mm-hmm. Phineas is very much presented as this perfect boy, yeah, you know, extraordinarily intelligent. Extraordinarily athletically well, capable. The the thing about it is Gene 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 thinks that Phineas can't accept that other people are better than him mm-hmm. because Phineas does poorly in school. He gets Oh D's. that's right, that's right, that's right. He so does poorly. That's why Gene thinks that Phineas is sabotaging him because mm-hmm. he can't fathom that like Gene, this person so close to him, like is better at him. Right. So that's why he takes that vindictive action. Yeah, he becomes insecure and petty. Mm-hmm. He, 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 in the summer when there was no schoolwork to worry about, Phineas was indeed this perfect boy. Yeah. Because there was no, there was really no intellectual aspect to, to a what they were doing. Yeah, to what they were doing and to a person's worth in the summer because there was no school. It was all about how much fun you were, you mm-hmm. know, what, what you said. How and like, well you can play the games, stuff yeah, like that. and like all the events that transpire in that time are all physical and created by Phineas himself. Mm-hmm. Like the jumping off the tree, Phineas does that first. Right. That's a physical thing that he's like, "Yeah, I'm doing this." Or the sport of pee ball, the blitzball, blitzball. That's what it's called. Blitzkrieg baseball, that's shortened right. to blitzball. Blitzball. Like was also that physical like sport that enticed what Phineas was mm-hmm. good at. And, like, it talks about how Phineas liked being the carrier in that game because the way their rules were based, odds were heavily stacked against the carrier. Right. Uh, so Phineas tried to do that as much as possible. Yeah. And test himself. Mm-hmm. He, um, was, he was really, all he ever wanted was to test himself and to see how good he was. You can see that when, um, I don't remember when in the book it is, <laughs> but he, he swims and he oh, beats yes, the school that. record. He does. And no one, he doesn't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. It's this, it, it's, again, that sort of solidifies Finny as this oh, perfect boy, where, like, he's able to do these things, but he's also humble about it, and he doesn't yeah. want the recognition. Which, is, and that kind of undermines 
Jean's pettiness, right. uh, especially to the reader, of, like, J- Phineas is humble. Mm-hmm. Like, when he clearly has shown that he's the best in the school at something, right. he's like, no, no it's I okay. don't want that credit. Yeah. Like, it's... so to think that he's humble enough to not want to be the best in the school at something, which is very hard to believe for anyone, mm-hmm. and but also be so petty as to try and sabotage Gene in studies, right. something that Phineas makes clear he doesn't care about. Mm-hmm. Phineas is like, oh, I'll never get higher than a C. Right. Like, it's not like I'm gaining anything. Like, so to th- have that, those two binary things mm-hmm. is... I think impossible, right. and it undermines like Jean's pettiness in that moment. I also think it's important. I think that moment in the in the water was is important because when you're making assumptions about somebody in a negative way, or getting petty about something, or you know jealous about something, there's nothing worse than getting proved wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's really what he did. Gene was like, "Oh, you know, Phineas, he can't stand that I'm doing better than him in school. Mm-hmm. He's trying to sabotage me," and then. Phineas proves himself this pure, humble human who yeah. doesn't care about recognition. And, like, the interesting thing about that is that he does that before Gene's, uh, like, premonition about uh-huh. this. Like, yeah. they go swimming and do that, and then I believe afterwards they do, like, the beach. They spend mm-hmm. the night on the beach. And that's, right. that's when the day afterwards Gene fails a test. Right. Uh, because he didn't get to study because yeah. they were out on the boardwalk sleeping on the beach. And so that's when Gene has this realization, oh, Phineas is is, is sabotaging, sabotaging me. me. Yeah. So it, he just has this idea, like, afterwards. So, like, to the, to the reader, it's clear that Phineas really is this humble person, and Gene yeah. is kind of the vindictive person. Yeah, Gene is the person. problem. Yes. Gene's the problem in the relationship. I mean... In a relationship, there's a given, there's a give and take from both people, obviously, mm-hmm. and you know, no one's perfect. But in this relationship between the two of them, Phineas has been nothing but a good friend. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe unintentionally he sabotaged some of Gene's schoolwork and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's Gene making these 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 assumptions, yeah, about his motives, yeah, and so that goes into the like with that change in their relationship, the change into winter. winter. <laughs> Winter, winter isn't really talked or mentioned all that much in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, really, the only two times it's mentioned was like descriptions of the school, um, which I think is interesting. Sure. It talks about the teachers being more judgmental um, of them in the winter. Um, and also it talks about the gauntness of trees mm. around the school in the winter, mm-hmm. which uh, connects to winter usually symbolizing... Some form of death or doom. Right. Um, so gaunt, gaunt, dead looking. And that theme of winter being a negative experience goes all the way back to like Shakespeare. You know, when, mm-hmm. now is the winter of our discontent. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Perfect example. <laughs> winter is coming. You know, you got to prepare. It's going to hit hard. And it, it hits hard in the book. It does. Winter, you know, it's when everything sort of goes, goes topsy-turvy mm-hmm. a little bit between Gene and Finney. Yeah. And of course, and we've... Or we're only talking about one through five. Right. Yep. So we've only gotten to fall in the mm-hmm. sequence of events. But um, but there is a foreboding presence of winter. There really is. Especially yeah. set up with the fall of, like, 
that tension between Phineas and Gene sure. set up in the fall, you know something's yeah, something up. something shifty, not shifty. Something something's is going. Looming. Yes, something's looming. Things are not the way they used to be, and it's just going downhill. Mm-hmm. Is the feeling that I got while reading it mm-hmm. is like it was good, and now it's not, and it's not going to get any better until spring. I agree. And uh, we'll get the, into it in the spring, the sure. final section of spring. Sure. Somewhat fittingly, mm-hmm. as uh, begins, beginnings and ends are all one and the same. Oh, how very deep of you. <laughs> how very deep. Thank you. But, like, in winter, like, as, at least in the, the two brief mentions of it in these chapters, uh-huh. um, there is definitely, like, it sets up foreboding in that winter. Yeah. Especially, like it talks about, these teachers are so much more judgmental mm-hmm. and skeptical of them doing wrong in the winter. Um, this sense that, like, this school, like, in winter is a different place. Yeah. It talks about the very different sense of the trees, the gauntness of the trees mm-hmm. in winter, that, like, when winter comes, it's different than summer. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's very, like, you mentioned the gauntness of the trees, and it's only mentioned once or twice. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even though it is only mentioned once or twice, you get this feeling that winter is not fun. You yes. know? The, the teachers getting more judgmental, and school getting harder, mm-hmm. and the weather getting worse. Like, it, especially where is New Hampshire? The schools yes. in New Hampshire? In New Hampshire, winters can be brutal. They, yeah. So, I mean... Like, the other aspect of this, like, this is a boarding school. They live here. Mm-hmm. So, like, they have that freedom of the summer of, like, their free time. Yeah, they can go swim the river and mm-hmm. go for a swim on the beach. Uh, but in winter, a New Hampshire winter... Yeah, you can't. Like, you're stuck inside. <laughs> yeah, you only go outside to go back inside. Yes. You know? <laughs> like, and, like, they are forced to... Because it's a boarding school and they mm-hmm. live there, there's also no escape. Yes. In a regular school... You might go home where there's, you know, warm and a fireplace and hot chocolate, but they go to a boarding school and, you know, they're there. I can yes. only imagine how stir-crazy I would go if I went to a boarding school in New Hampshire during the winter. And, like, and year-round, like, during summer, too. Even year-round. Like, I could not imagine staying in, like, one ten-mile radius for... Like over a year, yeah. Like, that's preposterous to me. It's 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 sound. I'm sure it's like I would get through it. Even, the summer wouldn't bother me so much because there is so much activities you can do mm-hmm. in a place like that. You know, swimming, blitz ball, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, and they like go out on the boardwalk. Yeah, there's which is things, breaking the school rules. But, but nah, they're seventeen. You can, you can do yeah, that. Yeah, they're seventeen. Rules are made to be broken when you're seventeen. <laughs> I would know. I'm seventeen. Um, no, but. Uh, it's true, like, in the winter, like, in the summer, you've got all these things you can do. You can go outside, you can play with your friends, you can do all these. In the winter, you're stuck inside. And when you do go outside to play, it only lasts a couple hours because then you get cold and you have to come back inside. Yeah, or you'll die. Or you'll die, exactly. It's a bummer. Especially back then when all they had were, like, wool coats and stuff. Yeah, if catching hypothermia and die, that's a real day ruiner. It's a real, it's a real, also a real possibility. Yeah, especially in New Hampshire. Yeah. Like, I go skiing in February in New Hampshire, and it is cold. It's cold. It, was, it wasn't It was cold this past summer, actually. Fun fact. Yeah. Uh, we Global warming. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was, like, a warm February. Ugh. This. Do you remember this February? 
Vaguely, yeah. It was, like, actually pretty warm. Yeah, we kept getting those weird days where it was, like, 50 degrees. Oh, yeah. And so, like, in New Hampshire, it got so hot that we couldn't wear our winter coats. So we were out skiing in, like, ski boots, snow pants, and t-shirts. Wow. And it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and, like, we had our fun. gloves on so we could, like, scoop the, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. snow and stuff. But, like, even then, like, our hands would get hot and we'd take them off on the ski lift. <laughs> because it was too hot. Yeah. And we'd only put them on because, like, it would hurt our hands. Yeah. Going at high speeds in the snow. Uh, welcome back from the break. Right. Uh, we had a brief... Uh, intermission for yep. uh, ourselves yep. um, to learn some fun facts that's right, and that's right. to uh, drink some LaCroix. Indeed. Which is good stuff. That's right. We are talking about winter. Um, the, so like the foreboding doom mm-hmm. of their relationship, I believe we... Comes to a head a little it bit. It does. Um, of course, I wouldn't know that because I've only read chapter five. You have some have sense some, of it. I have some sense of it. That's right. I, I must admit it was a while ago and I haven't read it sense, but I do remember that things, it's odd, because things both come to a head in the winter, and then, not to spoil too much, but they sort of resolve themselves as well a little Mm -hmm. bit, between Jean and Finny. Things, things, towards the end of the winter, um, things sort of come around a little bit, and they, they become friends again. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning of the winter, it's absolutely, there's friction. There's definite friction. Well, and, like, culturally, you see that too, like, our beginning of the winter is our Christmas, and that's some chaotic time. Mm-hmm. It's, it, Christmas is joyous chaos, but it's still chaos. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. In its, and it's most unrestrained form. Mm-hmm. And it's also, it's new. Like, I don't know why every year it surprises me, but it surprises me every year how cold it gets. Yeah. I'm used to the summer, and then fall comes, and it gets down to about 40, and I'm like, oh, okay. I can handle this, and then it gets down to about 16, and I go, oh, no. Well, we had the, like, uh, Thanksgiving Eve. Like, Mm -hmm. did you ever look at it? It was below freezing. Yeah. Like, I went out that morning to take out the trash, and I made the bad decision of I didn't put shoes on because I was just like, oh, I'm just going to go out and come back in. Mm -hmm. I'll be fine. And I took one step onto our front porch, and I was like, nope, Nope. and went and found my shoes. Yeah. My foot stuck for a second. The moisture <laughs> on my foot, like, the froze. The froze to the thing. Yeah, froze to the concrete of my back step. That's brutal. It w- really was. It was a bummer. And I was, my foot didn't feel the same way the rest of the day. Oof. Yeah, but um, it's that sense of, like, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but it's, it's like a sucker punch when it hits for the mm-hmm. first time. Because it doesn't matter how many times you've lived through a winter, I think. Yeah. That first freeze is brutal. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, you don't have enough blankets on your bed, and you not you know you don't want to turn the heat on yet, but it's freezing yeah. outside, and it's just... It's it's definitely a time of... of yeah. Comes the time of year when, like, you, like, are under your covers in bed, and, like, you feel the cold air around you in the morning, mm-hmm. and you're like... This is why I don't want to get up now. Exactly. It's not like, oh, I'm lazy, I'm tired. It's, no, it's friggin' cold out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, that, it's that escape from bliss of getting up in the morning. Mm. And, like, I, I am a creature of the warmth. I sleep under comforters all year round, and I have three <laughs> on my bed right now. I have a pretty warm blanket I sleep yeah, with year round. In about a month, I'll come to terms with the fact that it's winter. But for right now, I'm still, like, in that fall, yeah. late fall mode, where 
where it's like, oh, you know, I can get away with just some sweatshirts. I don't need my winter mm-hmm. coat. And, oh, I don't need, you know, to... I don't, we don't need to turn the heat on that much. You know, it'll be okay. You're but, riding that edge. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. Oh, I'm right on the edge. It's about to drop off. Yeah. It's about to drop off, and all of a sudden, it will be winter. But, like, it's that between time of trying mm-hmm. to reconcile but not being able to. So that's why, controversial opinion here, I think uh, Christmas should start December 1st is yeah. the Christmas time. Because, like, it ruins that. It ruins that, like, start of winter yeah, let's get things, get into it. Okay. Like, starting Christmas in, like, October, that's garbage. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. I thought you were meaning you wanted to move Christmas from the 25th to the 1st. No, I don't want that. I completely support the notion to start celebrating Christmas December 1st. I think it's ridiculous to start it any sooner. Um, That being said, I can feel the festivities beginning. Yeah. See, my compromise is, like... Day after Thanksgiving is like, I can accept other people doing that mm-hmm. is my compromise, but I'll get full into it December 1st. Right, I try to keep myself from becoming excited until December 1st. Yeah. I'll acknowledge that it is now Christmas season, but I, I don't, I try to keep myself from getting excited until the 1st. Mm-hmm. That way I'm not sick of it, you know? Yeah. I'm I'm breaking my rule this year, though, because I'm going to see a Christmas movie on the 30th. All right. So well, I'm going to wear think... a Christmas sweater and go and see that. I think that's fair. I think the Christmas movies that open on Thanksgiving are fair game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... I'm going to go see uh, Anna and the Apocalypse. Oh. Have you seen trailers for that? I have not. It's, I'm so excited for it because it is a British horror Christmas musical. Whoa. And I'm so excited. That's that's a quite an amalgamation of genres. It is, and I've seen the trailer, and I've listened... They have one of the songs out, and I've listened to it, and it looks really clever and really good. Hmm. Like, the, the music that they've released, I listened to it, and it looks actually integrated well into the movie. All right. Um... Nice. And so, I actually really want to see that. Awesome. Um, I hope I hope you enjoy it. I do, too. Spring! Okay, spring, yeah. Spring into spring here. I love spring. Spring hasn't been mentioned at all in the first no. five chapters. Okay. Nothing. Well, then. <laughs> uh, that puts us in a little bit of a weird situation. It does. That's why I was extending our winter talk, because yeah, no, we I had some, now. I some time. Um, spring is... is is kind of the antithesis of fall. It's things it are is. becoming alive. Things mm. are, you know, it's warming up. It's mm. that now it's not the negative anticipation of winter. It's the positive anticipation of summer. Yeah. It's the rainbow after the storm. Exactly. Exactly. It's yeah. Which so, is a different all motif altogether, which we're not talking about. Right. Yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> you gotta you gotta stay in your lane a little bit. Yeah, you do. Um, but as far as the book is concerned. Spring, I don't remember. I, I, I don't remember the end of the book, how it ended exactly, or how spring ties into it. But as far okay. as in literature... I don't remember it either. Yeah, no, well, no you haven't read it. Uh, as far as in literature is concerned, spring is often, like like I said, it's, it's often a time of rebirth mm-hmm. where things die in the winter. It's kind of yeah. just a fact. Like almost everything dies in the winter and yeah. is born again in the spring. Yeah. And I think it's it's interesting to distinguish birth versus rebirth mm, mm-hmm. is, a, I feel, an important distinction because a lot of 
like even this book, a lot of novels or pieces of literature start summer, fall, like start in that point because then they can get to spring and renew something. Sure. And have something to renew. Um, yeah, going back to what we said about farming, like winter mm-hmm. is this time where you're surviving on the harvest and spring is the exciting time where you can plant again. Yes. And I think the, I think again, or the repetition of it is always an interesting thing to think about with the seasons because seasons obviously are a cycle. Yeah. So it's interesting to think of this cycle uh, over literature or like even like within this book, mm-hmm. like having a cycle of all that continuously flowing into each other. Right. Like spring, then that rebirth, probably a rebirth of the Finney and Jean's relationship of sorts, mm-hmm. maybe. Maybe. Or, uh, yeah, some... Uh, some other thing. Something new mm-hmm. between them. In so- I've Absolutely. heard uh, a small bit of it spoiled, and I think the change may not come uh, quite as... Yeah. Uh, one would think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna. But I'm it certainly is a change, it's and a change. it's a new. It's a new. Thing. Uh, it's a new beginning for somebody. Um, <laughs> no, uh, to try and get away from I mean, spoiler town here. I mean, you're you're not wrong. It will be a new beginning for somebody. I'm certain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Based on all of what we've talked about in the book so far, mm-hmm. it would be quite a waste if spring comes around and nothing happens. Right. Exactly. And the seasons. Like, okay, so as a student in school, mm-hmm. the seasons are a cycle in that, you know, you go to school in fall, winter, spring, you're out in the summer, you go back to school, fall, winter, spring, it's that mm-hmm. cycle. But there's an end goal. There's a time when it will no longer be that way. You mm-hmm. will, Once you graduate, then it's not the cycle anymore. The cycle comes to an end. But for the school, the cycle will always continue. And I yeah. think that's what we can see. We can see that cycle continuing past Gene when he's talking in the present day. Yes. When he's when he goes back to the school afterwards, we can see that that cycle it continued without him. The school continued yeah. and it's it's Well, you can also see the greater cycle of Gene like he's returning to the school. Mm-hmm. Like he's completed his cycles of leaving and going to the school small scale mm-hmm. there, but then a greater cycle of he's come back to the school mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Um and that's cyclical. Granted not in the spring, of course. But um I also think it's interesting thinking about the opposites of spring and fall. Um, you can certainly make the argument that having him return in fall is a bit like a play of irony of that thing, sure. like renewal of his thoughts about this matter mm-hmm. reviving in the fall. In the fall, rather than off. the spring. It's a little off color there, and <laughs> and in the spring, like everything is reborn and things are renewed, and that's what I was going to say about the school. So the school. <laughs> The cycle always continues, and we can see that the cycle has continued past Gene when he goes back. But also, it says nothing has changed. The school it is does. almost exactly as he remembers it. That is so a very important note. Gene like, has changed since leaving the school, but the school has not. The school is still this place, this home of memories yeah. for him, where all of his days, both good and bad, live. Mm-hmm. And nothing has changed. And I think, I don't have a note of it, but I believe it probably does talk about him thinking about how the school has gone on without him. Mm-hmm. It has continued through the cycle of seasons and kids growing up and going down and doing things there. It's, almost it's a, continued. It's almost a reminder of how unimportant we are. It if is. You think about it, 
Finney was the apex of a student at one point, physically. And Gene mm-hmm. was the apex academically. Yeah. So he together, even says, like, he would have gotten complete straight A's yeah. except for one slight blemish of that failed test right. Right. Uh, because of Finney. So together, um, they're the best... If you were to combine them, they're the best unit that school has probably ever seen. Mm-hmm. Or one of the best. Yeah. So you'd think that they would be remembered somehow, but then he goes back and the school has moved on. Yeah. It's been, what, 10, 15 years? 15. He's been 15 years. The school doesn't even remember them. Yeah. It's exactly as he remembers it, but it's moved on. It's, he it's, even talks about... Uh, he made no impact, almost. When, they, when he talks about Blitzball, it does step back from the uh, talking about it like in the present during the summer and steps back to Gene remembering it. Mm-hmm. He talks about even if kids at the school still play bits Blitzball, which he believes they do, yeah. it's nowhere close to the way Finney played it. Exactly. It's just a slightly altered form of some bizarre ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, while it's true that while they were there, they were, you know, the apex, and while they were there, they had this profound impact on the people who were there, mm-hmm. and the, the, the school itself, it's, once you leave, everything must on. move on, you know? Yeah. You think that, you know, you reach... You reach the end of your days, and the school will remember you, or the school will be impacted by you. Mm-hmm. But one student doesn't make that much yeah. of an impact. Like, that's why I'm, like, really super sad when your grade's going to graduate. Because yeah. I love you guys. And, like, I'm, I'm trying to accept that the world will go on without exactly. you. And, like... Or, like, thinking about theater, because we're both heavily involved in the yep. theater program that's here. Right that our theater program will go on without you. It has and that's to. a bizarre thing for me. It has Especially to. like coming in freshman and sophomore year, like my impressional moments of exactly, these yeah. you and your grade are key moments of that. And it's every grade. Every yeah. grade goes through that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, and I like in- I was thinking about it, like you guys obviously would be thinking of the grade before you being yep. these key integral things. How will we go on without them? Mm-hmm. But you have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And not only that, we've gone on without them but also, like, when you think back, even if you think back to, like, elementary school and you think of the grades oh, that yeah. are above you in elementary school, they seem, like, so big. Oh, Whereas absolutely. Whereas now, you're, like, twice as big as they were at that age. Oh, absolutely. But you look up to them, you know? You still you still think back and you mm-hmm. go, God, they were intimidating. Yeah. I was thinking of um, my elementary school did, our principal retired when I was in third grade, and mm-hmm. we did a lip-dub thing through the whole school for wow. her. Um, I forget what song it was, but I remember seeing, I was in third grade, excuse me, mm-hmm. and seeing people that I would meet in the future, the grade above me. Yeah. And, like, it was such a bizarre thing to think about as it was, like, these people that were so grand and intimidating to mm-hmm. me at the time, I'm, like, best friends with now. Sure. And it was a very bizarre thing to realize. Mm-hmm. And, like... In terms of, like, I remember when I was in sophomore year. When, you're in sophomore year. Yes. Um, I was in sophomore year. I remember thinking about the seniors and thinking how much of an adult they were. Mm-hmm. You know? You look up to them and you say, wow, those guys know what's happening. They know what's going on. Yeah. on I sometimes of think of that, of you guys. Never. Not always. Never. I never have it going on. I'm the same age they were and getting, you know, similar grades and stuff. And I'm just thinking, man... 
they did not know what they were doing. Like, those <laughs> kids, there's not a chance. Because I'm there now. I'm here. I'm a senior. And, like, I don't know what's happening. I'm applying to colleges, and I don't know what that process is. It's terrifying. Mm. And, like, it's sort of that realization that, like, no one knows what's going on. You know? Yeah. We've that is a very profound... Book, but, but it's a profound that's okay. thought. Uh, like, uh, that's... Uh, one of my favorite songs... I forget which one it is. One of the lines in the song, it's one of my favorite things ever, is everyone wants to prove to the world they got it figured out. Be the mm-hmm. one to admit it when it's all in doubt. But in the end, it's all pretend. Yeah. And, like, that that really resonated with me because that's kind of what we do. We mm-hmm. all put on this facade that we know what we're doing. But no one has any idea what's going on. No. No one has any idea what's going on. And, like, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Like, we've, we've constructed the society where, where adults are supposed to know what's happening. But then you're a kid, and all of a sudden you're an adult, and you still don't know what's happening. <laughs> And you kind of have to scramble and figure it and out. And you realize that facade. Yeah. You learn that. And it's it's something it's, that... It's a sobering realization to make. It is. That uh, the... Uh, I mean, we're just... I'm winging it. Yeah. But I know a lot of adults who are just winging it, too. Yeah. Like, it's not like there's going to be all of a sudden... It's not something that's ending change. anytime soon. Yeah, there's no, there's, no fl- there's no switch that's flipped. You yeah. know? You, you're a kid and you think, oh, man, when I, turn, when I become an adult, I'm going to know everything. Mm-hmm. But there's no... There's no click Yeah. when all of a sudden you're like, I get how this works. I think that's relating it back to the book. Like, Gene is having that one of those moments when he's reminiscing. Yeah. Like, he's having that moment of like, yeah, I wasn't figuring anything out. No. I thought I was on top of the world, but was not. Yeah. Gene's having this moment where, like, he sort of re- he looks back and, like, you ever have those, those moments where you're like, oh, man, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And you sort of have that realization, and, like, you don't really know how to continue. Because Gene looks back, and he's like, yeah, I was wrong. Vinny yeah. wasn't trying to sabotage me. Like, I was wrong that whole time. Yeah. And he now, even has, like, a mini-realization of that, not quite as strongly, but, like, almost immediately after breaking Finney's leg, he was like... That was I'm, a mistake. Yeah, he realizes it was a mistake, and, like, yeah. he realizes more of a mistake what it is in the future. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, like, it's those split-second deci- split decisions that you can't, you can't take back mm-hmm. that are the ones who gets you. Yeah. These have been some very profound thoughts. It really has. What a way to end the podcast. Yes, with ending with ends. That's, there we go. Oh, we are. God, we're so I was good trying at this. To, I was trying to transition to that. That's why I was saying it's something that will never end. Yeah. To try and say that. But as we end with endings, mm-hmm. so does end Words on the Edge. I have been your host, Mackenzie DeMello. I have been your uh, wonderful guest star, Nicholas Stewart. And this has been... Words on the Edge. Thank you very much.